Today, I'm excited for this message that's going to come from someone who is like a spiritual father to me. There are certain men that God has placed in my life who have filled that role and who have taught me and mentored me. Today, we're going to hear from Robin Wood, and he's going to be bringing a message to us about blessing. And I want you to know that he has been a blessing not only to our church, but to your pastor as well. And through his leadership, I have learned so much. And I know that what he shares today is going to be helpful, not just to fathers, but to everyone listening. Today, let's enjoy this message together as God encourages our hearts. Good morning, Gulfside Church. It's great to be back with you. And I'm so glad that they asked me to speak on Father's Day. And I want to be real quick to say, for some people, this is a very difficult day. If you're like me, you come from a family that had wonderful parents, but they had some challenges. And so my father hasn't always been in my life at a high level. And until recently, which I'm going to tell you about this morning, uh, he never repented to me and my brother for some big areas that he failed us in. But listen, even if it's painful today, I want you to know that your heavenly father wants you to have spiritual fathers in your life. I'm I'm privileged to be many people's spiritual father. And Paul introduced me that way. I didn't know he was going to do that, but I'm proud to be his spiritual dad. He is an awesome pastor, and you know how I feel about him. God led him here specifically to plant this dynamic church. And I'm proud to be at Cape Christian today because this was the first church in the city that welcomed him and sent him out and blessed him financially. They were not a self-centered church, so they were the largest church in the city. They blessed him emotionally. They blessed him financially. And there's a great church that we call Gulfside Church because of Cape Christian. So I want to open my heart to you today And I want to teach you what we call the Jewish blessing that would have come from Jesus as a rabbi. He gave a blessing to all the children. In fact, Jesus turned the whole system up on its head because he didn't bless just the firstborn son. He didn't bless the chosen firstborn. He blessed all the children. And that's what got him in trouble. He blessed the little girls. He blessed the baby boys. He blessed those that were born in the middle of the family. Jesus said, let the children come to me. And he showed us the true father's love for every person that I speak to today. So no matter how difficult your upbringing, if you come from an abusive family, my heart breaks for you today. If you had an abusive father, it's been hard for you to know that the loving father truly would never do anything but give his own son for your life. And so today, I just want to tell you what I believe fathers can do. Now, mothers, you can do these things, and I hope you hear it fresh as a mom. But I'm going to talk just to the dads today, and everyone else gets to listen in. But every point that I make is for everybody in the family, for brothers to give to sisters, for sisters to give to brothers, and for uncles to give to their nephews and nieces, and for aunts to give to their nephews and nieces. These five elements of the Jewish blessing will change every relationship in your life if you give them away. And today, dads, I want you to know this. The title of this message is simply this. It's a get to, not a got to. Now, I have a little fun with this phrase because I'm working on a book. If you're Southern today, you can just say, it's a getta, not a gotta. If you're kind of... a a manly man and ride motorcycles or whatever you do out there, you might say, it's a getter, 
not a gotta. But the bottom line is, too many Christians say to me, I have to read the Bible more. I got to pray more. I got to try harder. I got to be a better person. I got to be a better dad. And when you take that position of I got to, there's no joy and you're never good enough. And if you happen to be a perfectionist, it's never good enough to try and try and try harder. I want you to have a breakthrough today and know that to be a father to your children is a get to. It's a get up. And I'm going to show you by the end of this message that Jesus provided the biggest gotta that allowed God to do his biggest get up to set you free to do what I'm going to ask you to do. And you're going to get to be the kind of dad God wants you to be. So let me just share with you this verse. Many of you might know Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I, I would fly right by that verse, except we never quote it right, and we never quote it in the original Hebrew, and we miss the entire meaning of this verse. We hear parents say, I trained all my children the same, and they didn't turn out the same. You know why you can't train your children the same? Because they're not the same. Listen, I have six children. And none of them are the same. I can't train my children the same because they're different. So here's the Hebrew interpretation of that proverb, 22.6. Listen carefully. Train up a child in the way he or she should go according to their own way. And when they are grown, they will not depart from it. Did you catch that change? Don't train them up according to the way you're going to train them. Don't train them the same. Train them up according to their own way. Oh, that changes everything. Because that means you have to get a master's and a doctorate on each child. You see, Leah, Brady, Annie, Maggie, Gracie, and Corbin, they're all different. And guess what I get to do as a dad? I get to get a master's and doctorate on them. I get to understand their unique personality. I get to understand their unique ways. I get to discover what God placed inside of them. I get to find out what is God's unique plan for their life. And then I can give what we call the Jewish blessing. Because the Jewish blessing that Jesus taught, and Jesus did it all the time, had five aspects. So follow me closely, ready? If you get to bless your children, if you get to raise them according to their own way, then here's what you get to do. First, you get to have meaningful touch upon their life. Did you hear that? You get to have meaningful touch. Now dads, I had to tell you something. Dads touch and kiss their little boys 20 times less than their little girls. Did you hear that? 20 times less. So the first starting point is to raise your children in according to what they need and little boys and grown boys need meaningful hugs and touches and kisses, appropriate affection. Don't give it 20 times less to your little boys, dads. You get to pour out affection on these little boys until they're grown. My oldest son, 
is 38. And he would never not hug me and kiss me on the cheek because he knows that I've given that meaningful touch his entire life. Because that's where their self-esteem comes from. And of course, though we often kiss our little girls more and, we, and we're more affectionate in our touch, it shouldn't be different. It should just be lavish to all of our children. We get to lay our hands on them in a powerful way to say, I bless you. I love you. We get to plant a kiss on their cheek. We get to say, you're the most awesome daughter. So I say this in my family. You're my favorite oldest daughter. You're my favorite second-born daughter. You're my favorite first-born son. You're my favorite fourth child. You're my favorite fifth child. You got it? You're my favorite sixth child. By the way, I had a birthday two days ago, so I played a game. You ready? I said, whoever, to myself, whoever calls me first today gets $60. Come on, I want you to smile. Whoever calls me second gets $50. Are you enjoying this? Whoever calls me third gets $40. Fifth on down the line, all the way down to $10. And in my mind, I played the game, who's going to call me last? Now, I'm I'm laughing the whole time because you know what I did at the end of the day because I'm a dad who gets to give meaningful touch and meaningful praise. I gave them all 60 bucks, but I had fun telling them, hey, you got 20. Hey, you got 10. And by the way, my youngest daughter had a disastrous day and she didn't call till last. And I said, honey, what happened? You guys had bed bugs in your house? Oh my God. She said, Dad, we had to throw out all the mattresses. So guess what I did? Because I'm a dad who gets to touch my kids in every way. I said, you won $10, but you won the big prize. Your dad's going to buy every new mattress for that house. I hope you're laughing in your living room. So the one who called me last got the most. Now that sounds a little biblical, right? You want to be first? You got to be last. Listen, I had a little fun with that game, but you know what I told all of them? You're the most important part of my world. So I got to give touch to those six kids two days ago. And here's the second aspect. We get to speak words that build them up. We get to tell them how special they are. We don't got to do it. In fact, dads, can I tell you a verse I don't want to bring up today? There's one powerful verse in Ephesians 6, 4 that says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Did you hear that? Don't exasperate your children. Translated, don't discourage your children. You know what many dads think? That your major role is to discipline your children. That's not your major role. You can send me as many emails as you want to say I'm wrong, but you're wrong. Your only job is to take the place in a human way of the heavenly father who always tells us, you're my son. You're my daughter whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, after being baptized, came up out of the water and a voice from heaven said, you are my son who am I well pleased with. Do you get it? You get to speak words, not just touches. You get to speak words to build their self-esteem, to tell them who they are and whose they are. They are a child of the awesome living God. They are a son, a daughter of God. 
And so yesterday, playing that little game for my birthday a couple days ago, I got to tell them how special they were with words. And I let them know how special, uniquely they were. That's why I got to get a master's or a doctorate because what I say to Gracie is different than Annie and different than Leah and different than Brady and different than Corbin. It's different because they are different. But I'm the dad that gets to replicate the unconditional love of the loving father. And the second aspect of the Jewish blessing is not only touch, but words that build them up. Can I tell you a little secret psychologically? Your kids won't become who they think they are, and they won't become who other people think they are, but they will become who the most significant person in their life believes them to be. It's what we call the looking glass mirror. It's a concept that says we won't become who we think we are, but the most significant person to us will tell us who we are. And that's why until they meet Jesus, dads, mom, you're the most important, significant person in your kid's life. If you tell your kids who they are, if you tell them God made them special, if you tell them they're uniquely created in the image of God, if you, through your words and touches, tell them how special they are, they'll never forget. The third aspect of the Jewish blessing is to tell word pictures of what you dream for them. When you read the scriptures, you read beautiful poetic things that says, this is what I believe you to be, my son. This is what I believe you to be, my daughter. And so we get to paint word pictures of the greatness that God's going to bring into their life. That's why we have to get a doctorate on our kids. They're all so different. You don't say the same thing to each kid because they're all so uniquely formed in the image of God. But you get to paint a word picture. And then I get real excited as we move towards the last two aspects. You get to project a future, not that you want for your kids. Now listen, train up a child in according to their own way. When you start to discover how unique they are, how gifted they are, what God's plan is for their life, you get to project a future through who God made them to be. Let me give a couple examples. My daughter Leah had a special voice at age 12. We knew she was going to be a recording artist. Now we didn't, we started discovering that and she could sing. She had an adult voice when she was 12. She could knock down any popular tune when she was 12, 13. When she was 14, she came to us for her birthday and said, here's what I want for my birthday. You guys ready for this one? Put your seatbelts on. I want to record my first album. You know what? We didn't say, hey, no, no, it's, you're too, it's too soon. No, 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 we don't have the money to do that. And we didn't have the money to do that. I was pastoring a church plant and had about $22,000 a year as a salary. That's not very much, even back in the 1990s. But when Leah turned 14, she knew God's call in her life. She was already writing. She was journaling. She was writing songs. We had started a thing called Hot Church at our church plant that grew from six kids to over a thousand kids. She was leading worship every week. 
And she said, I'd like to record an album. So I called my good friend, Daryl Powell. And I want to honor him today. He passed three weeks ago. We would eat lunch together the last four years every other week. And he would remind me, you remember the day you called me? Said, Leah needs to do an album at age 14. I remember that day, Daryl. And he'd smile and say, you remember you said you needed Robin Wood's price? You know what Robin Wood's price is? Zero. I didn't have any money. And he recorded her first album. If I had that album here today, now she's recorded five other albums since then that are unbelievable. She's written every song on the one she's recently recorded. Her voice at 14 is so much still the same. Oh, a little more mature, but the same context, the same rasp. So we saw what was in her from God, and we got to project a future. And we speak into her life and say, you're going to be a writer. You're going to do what you want to do, not what we want you to do. You're going to do what God wants you to do and what you want to do. You know what? You can look up right now, broken person on your Google and put in Leah Wood. You listen to those 10 songs and she wrote about brokenness out of her own life. She had to write about brokenness on her parents that went through a divorce. A pastor who goes through a divorce. These pastors' kids had to have their heart broken when they were just in college. And you know what? You listen to that album. You Google it today. I'm not telling you to buy it. You can get the songs almost for free. You look up Broken Person by Leah Wood, and you'll see that she had a gift that God spoke into her life. It's powerful. And then we got to do that for all of our kids. I'll never forget when Brady said, you know, Dad, you know why I don't play basketball, golf, or tennis? Because that's what you do. And I'm not going to compete with you. I had the privilege of playing college basketball and golf. Later taught myself tennis at a high level. So Brady figured out real soon, I'm not going to compete with my dad. So he pursued lacrosse. Look at me, people. He became a state champion at lacrosse and made the all-stars. He didn't compete with his dad. And we got to speak into his life. He taught himself drums. He taught himself all kinds of musical instruments. And we just got to project a future. Brady, God's going to use you in a special way in ministry. We got to say that to all of our kids. I'm in a blended marriage now, and I've got to speak into the lives of my bonus kids. So Maggie and Gracie and Corbin, I love them so much. I've got to say, you're special. Now, Maggie and Gracie have unusual gifts as dancers on Broadway. So Gracie's up in Chicago, and Maggie's in Denver. I'm sorry, she's in Dallas, and she has special gifts. And Corbin's a special businessman, and he's incredible. And I get to project a future. I had a part in them coming to Christ. I get to tell them who they are and who's there. See, it's a getta. It's what I get to do. And I'm getting a second chance with three bonus kids to do it right when I've done it wrong sometimes. Because my main job is not to discipline. My main job is to bless. And then finally, guess what point number five is? I get to spend all my emotional energy and resources. I get to spend all of my financial resources. Well, first... 
10%, 20 goes to God. But I get to spend all of my energy to make that projected future come true. Do you know what parents get to really do? They get to have meaningful touch, meaningful words. They get to speak word pictures of high value. They get to project a future and then they get, they get to. Say with me, it's a getta. I know you're out there. Say it with me. It's a getta, not a gotta. You get to spend your resources to make their future happen. So it's been my joy, even in a blended family, to send my kids to college and to pay for it. It's been my joy to speak into my daughter's life, Annie, when she said, I want to be a counselor. I want to get my master's. So I, I said, I will not only speak into your life, I will pay for that master's. Dads, listen to me. You get to make sure their future happens. Now, if you don't know what the biggest getta and gotta is in life, then here it is. You ready? Don't even try to turn Jesus going to the cross into a getta. He begged the Father in that garden, if there's any other way, don't send me to the cross. If there's any other way to save the world. He sweat drops of blood. But the Father turned his head and had to whisper, you got to do that or Robin Wood will never be saved and forgiven. You got to go to the cross or everybody listening to me today out there would never be forgiven. You got to do it. Now, listen, there aren't many gottas in life, but for Jesus, this was the biggest gotta in the universe. He went to that cross and he had to do it for you to be forgiven your sins. He had to do it for you to be healed. He had to do it so fathers could bless their children. He had to do it for broken people like you and me. And it makes me weep to think that Jesus said, I gotta do it so that you could be set free. And let me tell you something. It's something he had to do. But on that third day, the biggest gotta in the world gave God the opportunity to do the biggest getta that he's ever done. God rolled that stone away and raised Jesus from the dead. And he conquered sin for you and me. He conquered death. He conquered addictions. He conquered everything that fights against your life of becoming what you are meant to be. He rose from the dead and it gave birth to the biggest getta ever given because he had to go to the cross. The biggest gotta turned into the biggest getta. And now, if you're listening to my voice, if you would give your life to Jesus, if you would surrender your life to the one who did the biggest gotta, the rest of your life, you can do what Jesus did. And that is, you get to set your children free by touch, words, word pictures, projecting a future, and then making it happen with everything within you. Now, people, that's the biggest get in the world. 
I want to hear Christians stop saying, I got to read the Bible. I got to witness more. I got to pray more. I got to try harder. Would you get rid of the gotta? Jesus did the biggest gotta to set you free so that you could get to bless your children and send them into a world to change the world for him. Now listen to me. There's one thing I've left out. It's not in the blessing, but I'm gonna plead with you that you get to repent to your children. Did you hear that? Dads, moms, you get to repent to your children because we're not perfect. We're far from perfect parents. I have failed my children on levels that exasperate them. You know the verse, don't exasperate your children. You know how you exasperate your children? You act like you never hurt them. You ignore that you have made choices that have destroyed their life. You get to repent to your children. It's a painful story to tell, but at age 22, Brady moved to Oklahoma City to live with me. He didn't do that because he wanted to. I had gone through a divorce. I had destroyed our kids' lives. I'd lost my way for a short time. This pastor that they might have admired, this dad that they might have put on a pedestal, they shouldn't have ever done it because I fell off that pedestal. And I broke their hearts. And I broke our family. And I brought pain in their life I can't even describe. And I made choices that bring shame if I even think about it. And it brings shame to all of us. But look at me. You know what I get to do because of Jesus? Because he did the biggest gotta. I get to be forgiven. And now I get to repent to my kids. Now, those of you hearing me for the first time, you don't know what's happened to me. But if you've seen me even as of a year ago, then you'll know I lost 52 pounds. Look at me, people. Am I looking good on camera today? I'm down 52 pounds, but not from dieting, not from doing keto, not from trying to lose weight. My father, look at me, my father has never really been in my life in a meaningful way. He has really never been there for me. I now have become his power of attorney. He's 94 years old. My brother went through some real brokenness and they, didn't, they, they weren't there for him. My mom and dad both weren't really there for us since we were young kids. My father, look at me. My father repented to me. And I haven't been emotionally eating for now about 27 weeks. I've been 27 weeks without sugar. When your dad's not in your life, when there's that big void in your life from your parents, you can't fill that. You can know Jesus, but you can't fill it except with your parents doing what they need to do, and that is repent. My mom can't repent because she's already gone home to be at the Lord. My dad was a pastor. My mom was a pastor's wife, but they really weren't ever in our life. They didn't know the grandkids. They didn't remember their names half the time. My 94-year-old dad repented to me and my brother. And my brother, for the first time in 40 years, 
is talking to my dad again. Do you feel the emotion of that? No wonder I'm not emotionally eating because he repented. And you know what's so hard to do? It's hard to forgive someone who doesn't repent to you. Can I tell you something? It's not harsh. Jesus died for you. He can't wait to forgive you. But you know what? It can't happen until you repent. So when my dad repented to me, it set me free. And guess what I get to do? I get to repent to my kids. So at age 22, I remember saying to Brady, I need to tell you a couple things about your dad. Things that I did, choices that I made, sins that I committed, and I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Do you know I wept as I told him? I wept as I told him of the brokenness in my life. And then I said, Brady, will you forgive me? And guess what he said to me? Dad, I always knew a day would come that you, you would repent to me. I didn't know when it would be. And can I tell you something, Dad? I've already forgiven you, and I already knew every sin that you did. So can I make a promise to every dad out there? If you'll be brave and courageous enough to repent, you know what? Your kids will forgive you because they already know. Listen, I can't tell you how many dads and moms think they're keeping something from their kids. You were sexually active when you were young, as a young person. You were acting out and drinking. You were doing certain things. And you think, well, I won't tell my kids what I did. You know what the Bible says? You tell your story to your kids. Deuteronomy 6. As you walk along the way, as you sit at night, as you put them down for bed at night, tell them appropriately, age appropriately, your sins, your brokenness. Because you know what will happen? They will forgive you. And they will not repeat the sin and brokenness in their life. So my son forgave me. And you know what? I'm going to ask every dad listening to me, if you'll make a commitment to repent to Jesus today, and then secondly, repent to every child that you've hurt. And you won't believe the miracle God will do. Will you pray with me? God, every dad hearing the sound of my voice, would you bring them to full repentance to you first? But God, don't let us stop there. Help every dad repent to every child that they've hurt, emotionally, maybe physically, spiritually, in every way that we've hurt our children. If we've been unfaithful, if we've, if we've messed up in a big way, they already know. Help us to repent to our children. Because, God, you told us if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. You know what else is true? Your children are faithful to forgive you also. I pray that you would bring unbelievable healing and show every dad that he gets to repent. He gets to make things right in this life. And I pray that you do miracle stories and we hear that entire families are healed. In Jesus' name, we pray today. And everybody said, amen. And I leave you with the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace, his forgiveness. In Jesus' name, would you receive that blessing?